Hello and welcome to another episode of the Third and Goal podcast. Uh, I'm Jamie, I'll be hosting your episode today. And can you hear there's deathly silence on this call? Uh, we have no Rob. He has disappeared in France. He didn't want anything to do with week one. He was worried about how his Falcons were going to do. So, <laughs> bye, Rob. Uh, no Dan either. Uh, don't know what he's doing, but he's uh, he's away, you know, doing something else. We do, however, have a guest with us today. Uh, this man needs no introductions whatsoever. Our favourite Patriots fan, so we can't really call him a guest, I suppose. Fred, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, very good. Obviously, it's only Dan and Rob who had enough sense to get a court injunction against me, um, <laughs> Jamie. So, uh, so here I am, I'm back legally. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we missed you, man. Good to have you back. Uh, how are you doing? How are you been? Yeah, really good. Yeah, obviously, just uh, I was really missing doing the pod, obviously. Uh, just so busy with work and family and everything. It's been... Uh, something I missed, so getting the chance to jump on tonight was, uh, yeah, really exciting. Fantastic, mate. Great to hear it. Right, so week one's in the books. Uh, we had a few interesting things going on. We've got, you know, head coaches who don't seem to want to win. We've got head coaches who don't know how to call a timeout, amongst all sorts of other fun <laughs> things that went on. So uh, we'll jump right in and we'll have a, a, bit of a bit of a chat, a bit of a review of some of the games. Uh, we'll start very briefly with Thursday Night Football, which obviously seems like a lifetime ago from now. What was your thoughts on uh, Bills-Rams? Yeah, the Bills are really, really good. You know, actually, doesn't really surprise me. The Rams, obviously, are a good side as well, but I think the Bills are so complete, you know, for me, they're probably the best all-round roster uh, in the whole of the NFL. Um, Stafford just does what Stafford does, I think, really. So he had three interceptions on Thursday night, didn't he? And, you know, my thoughts on Matt Stafford are... You know, he has a lot of mistakes in him. And the thing is, um, you know, the, the Bills are good enough to expose it. I think you look at the uh, the conference game last year, Stafford was, you know, should have been picked off and then the Rams should have lost the game and, you know, they wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl. Um, this is the issue the Rams have when they come up against very good size, even though they were Super Bowl winners last year. Um, so, you know, I, I wasn't really a surprise for me. Comprehensive win for the Bills. Um, and the, the Bills are just a very good roster. And, you know they're they're gonna they are gonna capitalize on the mistakes Stafford makes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't really the you know the the back and forth encounter that people were hoping that it was going to mm. be. Like you mentioned, uh, I think Josh Allen Josh Allen showed he's you know he's he's got another gear in him again. You know he's, he's got potential to go on and uh, and produce even better that you know better numbers than he did last season. I know he had the two interceptions. Um, but let's say stats speak for themselves. Um, I mean, between sort of the three of us regularly on the pod, we had we pretty much all had Bills down as, as you know the best roster in the NFL, and mm. I think that pretty much showed up on Thursday night. The you know they they pretty much picked up where they left off from last season. Um, the Rams, you know, are they going to have a, a bit of a Super Bowl headache sort of moving forward as well? Are we going to see this? Uh, it's repeating itself, and then we've obviously got Stafford with his, you know, his injury or his, his ongoing issues uh, that he's got. So it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back this week. Um, obviously, they've got the Falcons, uh, so we'll we'll certainly see how that goes, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. So <clears throat> just moving on to the the Sunday night games. Uh, obviously, all sorts of interesting stuff going on. Uh, the most bizarre decision of the week for me was uh, in the Colts and Texans game with Lovey Smith deciding to punt the ball away uh, instead of going for it and, uh, you know, going for the win. He was, he was basically protecting, a, you know, protecting not losing or rather rather than going for the win with the uh, the tie there. What was your thoughts on that? It's a funny one. I do understand it to a degree. I think conversely, I think the Ravens last year, wasn't it, um, who threw away the chance to take a game into overtime in reasonably similar situations and, and Lamar I think missed Mark Andrews um and as a result they lost possession and the Ravens went and lost the game. So I do I do get it from yeah, I do I do get both sides of the the coin. I think when I, I didn't criticize so I did criticise the Ravens last year for doing the opposite. So I'm not going to go and criticise Louis Smith this time. I think I've got to stick to my guns on this one. Yeah, yeah, no, cool. I was, I was just that shouting at the telly. Uh, <laughs> I, 
As it was, it's easier to neutral, to be fair, I guess. Exactly. As a neutral, I wanted to go for it and uh, and obviously see how it went. But you know, we had we had the back and forth with the uh, the kickers and all the rest of it. Uh, so that was that was interesting to see, shall we say? I'm enjoying. Uh, just really, I'm just. I'm yeah. enjoying Davis Mills. I think okay, his completion percentage wasn't fantastic on Sunday, but he was barely talked about in the last. You know, the, obviously the draft uh, a year ago. Yeah, just over a year ago. Um, you know, compared to all the other quarterbacks in that draft, and for me, he's had the worst situation. I think personally. Yeah. Um, and he's just come out and shown, you know, he's not just had the fact he's a, oh, he was a rookie QB. Obviously, he's year two now. Um, he's had that absolutely depleted roster to work with. And, you know, doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Another two touchdowns last Sunday. I just, I like the play. I'm really, really pro Davis Mills. I can't see why they wouldn't want to keep working with him. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that completely. He's, he's definitely, I was the rookie quarterbacks to come out of that class. He seems the most... Uh, Shall we say well-rounded quarterback of the, of the lot? Of, sorry, I should say the one that's probably adapted to the NFL the best. He's, as you mentioned, he's he's been put in the worst situation essentially, but mm. he's he's definitely showed flashes. And as you said, he he protect he, you know, he can protect the ball quite well. Um, zero interceptions then in that game, um, and really he's only receiver of note throughout last year and this year, obviously being Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I de- definitely think he's. Uh, you know, he, he's pointing in the right direction, and, and out of all those those quarterbacks to come out of that class, I would definitely say he's uh, he's clearly ahead of the others. Maybe you've got the arguments for for Mac Jones as well, um, being around the you know the sort of level of, of Davis Mills. Obviously, you see Mac Jones week in week out mm-hmm. watching the Patriots. What, what's your thoughts on him and, and how he can progress in year two? I, I think he's he's got a tough year ahead of him. Not because of him. I, I think he's. He's fine. You know, he was okay versus Miami. It, there wasn't a lot of production, but I don't think that Patriots wide receiver room is particularly great either. It's all very average. Kendrick Bourne's probably the best of the lot, and he only got thrown the ball twice on Sunday. It was a bit, it was very odd. I, I think the issue, the biggest issue really with the Patriots and Mac Jones is more, you know, who's doing the play calling? You know, you've got Belichick, uh, Matt Patricia's defensively minded, uh, as is Belichick, obviously. Uh, Judge, defensively minded. Like, who's the offensively minded, offensive play caller in that in that lot of setup? I don't really get it. The thing I really don't get about the Patriots in general this year as well, and it's all related to Mac, um, is for a side that is, you know, even when they've not had great rosters done, probably punched above where they should have in seasons where they didn't go, you know, didn't have Super Bowl winning sides. That's because they've always been well-organised and had a really well-organised backroom and they haven't got a well-organised backroom. And I don't know why, because I can't imagine Belichick's particularly pleased with that either because he's such a well-organised um, coach and every discipline is so well-controlled. I don't, I just don't get the setup this year in the slightest, even... You know, people point at the Newton decision being a bad one, but actually there's quite a lot of reason behind why they went for Newton at the time and all this sort of stuff, and it just didn't work out and things don't work out. But this, what's going on with their backroom at the Patriots isn't well isn't well thought out to my mind. I just don't get it. I get that Patricia knows the organisation, um, but you know, Jones himself was saying that you know Hoyer's been helping them out with the play calling because he's the one that Jones trusts the most, which is great. But he's not an offensive play caller; he's a backup quarterback. It is. It's so mangled. What's going on? I don't get it. Yeah, no, I, I I couldn't agree more with what you said. We you know we discussed on the on the pod sort of the uh, you know the, the setup changes that you guys have had in New England, and it's it's not going to help progress. It's definitely going to it's going to take some time for them to adapt. And and as I see, you, you've got all those issues around who's who's the player caller, um, you know how's this new offense going to run. So it's definitely going to be interesting seeing that going forward. Mm. Um, what was your thoughts on the uh, Devontae Parker acquisition over the summer? It was yeah, it was okay. Like this is the problem is that there wasn't a lot of cap space. I think it was a fairly good acquisition, um, but it's there's nothing about the Patriots wide receiver room that blows you away. And I, you could argue by and large, you know. Edelman aside, they've never actually had a great wide receiver room. They've always been very, very good defensively and had the best best quarterback. That's how they've generally won uh, games and then had obviously Gronk as well at times and and uh, Randy Moss. And you know, They've had an excellent part alongside Brady, maybe two at each time. So them not having a great wide receiver room isn't unusual. Um, 
so I was quite happy with the acquisition, but again, it, there's you know, nothing about it which makes me jump for joy. You know, he's had six years in the NFL now. I think Miami were a bit disappointed to lose him, but I think their wide receiver room is better than ever. So um, I have very mixed feelings, really. I'm, I'm not carrying out high hopes for this year, if I'm honest with you. I think I've predicted eight and nine. and uh, There's nothing that makes me think otherwise at the moment, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, cool, awesome. Uh, we'll touch on Miami. Uh, don't like talking about Miami too much, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll touch on them obviously with this game. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he went eight for ninety-four yards, decent enough start. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the chemistry that he can build with uh, with Tua, and obviously if Tua is going to be the quarterback, they they, they want and believe he can be. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see see how they kick on and and how that partnership sort of, you know, works in that offence. From um, my point of view, just very quick, if it's okay, so it's be interesting your view on this as well, because there was nothing different about the Miami side from last year. They got to 20 points and they defended excellently because they got an excellent defence. Um, yeah. Xavier Howe was very good again. People claiming there's a PI call potentially that was missed on Devontae Parker. I, don't, I didn't feel that way. I still don't feel that way. And I'm, you know, I'm probably biased towards the other way. Um, but they were no different. Tua was still average, and not in a rude way. He's just an average quarterback, I think, who you know, protects the ball well at times and doesn't really spot throws at other times, but he doesn't make an awful lot of terrible errors. Mm. Um, and they got to 20 points and defended it well. I don't understand where the progression is, really. They've got all these tools now, and nothing seems to have changed offensively. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, there's an interesting comment came out again, and I, I don't like the jump on the lip bash to a bandwagon and all the rest mm. of it because I, I fall guilty of that. So, press conference came out, and he, he's talking about uh, in practice if, if you're not open, I can't see you, and I, you know, I, I'm not a big guy, I've, I've got to be able to see you're open and all this sort of stuff. It, it doesn't instill confidence in, in, in what you want in a quarterback. You don't want your quarterback coming out with stuff like that, do you? No, and then you look at Carla Murray, the shortest quarterback in the probably the shortest quarterback in the league. Um, and he, the amount of long throws he makes, and, you know, he's yeah. got a baseball background, so he can get low, and he's used to, look, you know, using his eyes in those sort of weird situations, I guess, which maybe Tua doesn't have. But, I mean, it's it's a different game as well, you know. Definitely. Carly Murray finds a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just struck as a, as a bit of a, uh, a bit of an interesting one I thought I'd bring up. Uh, we'll move on to... One of the rainiest games of football I think I've ever seen, which was uh, was certainly interesting. Uh, the Bears uh, taking on the 49ers. Uh, the Bears coming out 19-10 winners. Uh, for me, um, not a huge amount you can you can look at with that result based purely on the you know the weather and and, and the conditions. It was really awful at times. Uh, Trey Lance he ended up with uh, 164 yards, uh, one interception. Justin Fields actually looked all right. Uh, mm. The two touchdown passes, uh, the, just the one interception. Um, but yeah, I said just watching that game, it was just absolutely looked absolutely horrific. To be fair, once that rain started coming down, what was your uh, what was your, your main takeaway on that? Are we are we lower on San Francisco, or are we just taking this as a as a bit of a freak result based on the weather? Yeah, I think the weather evened out the sides. To be perfectly honest with you, I think obviously Kittle. Being out was a big thing as well. I think a good tight end would have been quite useful in those those conditions, really, because you know from a receiving perspective, they probably didn't quite have everything. Well, they obviously didn't have everything they wanted, but they were using Debo Samuel obviously a fair bit. It's a tricky one. I think from Lance's perspective, I think Jimmy G would have been fine in those conditions if I'm perfectly straight. I think that would have. That was an ideal game where you want someone to manage the game. You don't want someone excited. You don't want someone who's a dual threat. You want someone who's just very calm, experienced, and knows what they're doing. Fields has obviously got a year more behind him in terms of playing experience um, than Lance has, and it probably showed a bit in fairness. And I don't think that the Bears would beat San Francisco on a, a hot, sunny, dry day. Um, but, you know, Fields slightly more experience than, than Lance probably showed and you know I, I don't think we can write off the 49ers or Trey Lance just yet um, but I think Jimmy G would have won the game so yeah fair, fair comment it's going to be interesting to see uh, 
not how much rope they're going to give Lance, obviously because of how much they've invested in him. But mm. you know, if they have a stretch of, of poor, poor performances, bad games, you've, you've always got Jimmy sitting there waiting in the wings. So obviously, the 49ers are very much a, a win now roster. Um, so it's going to be interesting, you know, if if he is a, a bad stretch of games, how how they deal with that situation. Now we move on to another absolutely crazy game, which was uh, which was Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Cincinnati. I don't know what is going on with the kickers this week, but that was just absolutely crackers watching the uh, you know the field goal attempts uh, being missed left, right, and centre. Anything to take away with, with that one in particular, Fred? There's <laughs> probably a bit of a Super Bowl hangover from the Bengals' point of view. Joe Burrow was, I mean, horrific to start off with. To be perfectly honest, with you. there's no no other way to put it. He's a fantastic quarterback. He was just absolutely awful for the first two quarters. Um, I thought Chase. Chase was good, no hangover from Chase's perspective. Um, they've got a good running back room as well. Um, Joe Mixon didn't obviously provide the production I think they wanted, but they just got off to such a slow, I say slow start. It was all all borough errors, really, which put them in a, a lot of issues, and they still almost won the game. So obviously the Bengals will be absolutely fine. I think Borough just needs to get his head screwed on a little bit. I couldn't really tell you what happened there because he was so bad. Um, early on, and he sort of came back a bit. He still threw 338 yards, so it wasn't horrific, but you can't give away four IMTs. Steelers, Steelers are always well organised. I think you know what you're going to get with the Steelers. It really isn't the most talented Steelers roster by a long, long way. Um, you know, it was a great game for Pat. Uh, for your mouth. I think Trubisky was fine. Again, the completion percentage not good, but you know, he wasn't making a lot of big errors. He wasn't costing the Steelers. Um, in, in a tight game. Um, so he'll be okay this year. It's an interesting one to run with him. I think, you know, there are, there are, Jimmy G was available for a long time, wasn't he? There's people there who could have probably done a job, but they've run with Trubisky. Um, they're going to rely on their defense an awful lot this year. Uh, it's a good yeah. win to pick up. It's probably one more win than they thought they'd pick up at the beginning of the season. Cause I don't think they'd have themselves beating the Bengals. So, you know, good for them. Definitely, yeah, um, and I think the uh, the news about uh, TJ Watt's pectoral injury mm. is believed not to not to be season ending. If if you believe that the reports that are coming out, but either way, he misses an extended period of time. It's going to be a massive, you know, a massive loss for them. Um, in terms of the game itself, you know, for for Joe Burrow to turn the ball over four times and Pittsburgh just about to sneak a win. Um, it, I don't know. Does it say more more about Pittsburgh's you know potential chances moving forward than it does than it does Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow and the, you know the, the errors that were made in that game? Should they have had that game tucked away you know a lot easier, a lot better than they, better than they did? Yes. No. I think again, this is the general problem I have with the early season games. I don't think you really get a true picture, and I think a lot of the reason for that is that you know lack of snaps taken by starters. In preseason, you converse that with the way the Giants played this week, and the Giants actually won a game because a lot of their starters were ready to go. A lot of them had played a lot of snaps in preseason. Actually, very different to how um, you know how a lot of other teams set up. And I think you saw that rustiness in the Bengals. In answer to your question, um, I think the Steelers can take heart defensively. They need to work on things offensively. Um, I think a win's a win, particularly against the Super Bowl reigning champions. So I don't know. I'd I'd feel good if I was Pittsburgh, in spite of the lack of production. I guess offensively, I think you know I'd come out of that feeling positive. Yeah, awesome. Uh, you mentioned the Giants. We'll we'll, we'll kind of move on and we'll, we'll just jump around a bit and we'll we'll have a chat around the Giants and the the Titans. I think the big takeaway for me was seeing the performance of Saquon Barkley. It was like, mm-hmm. like the Saquon of all. Um, 164 yards rushing, what one touchdown, you know, six further receptions for another 30 yards, mm-hmm. uh, and it just looked really back to the, you know, back to the Barkley road that we used to, you know, we used to. Um, I think they're still going to struggle this season. Um, Daniel Jones running that offense, he doesn't instill any confidence in me whatsoever. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how how they get on with uh, with the new head coach being Brian Dearball. Can he? You know, can he bring on and develop Daniel Jones any further, or or is Daniel Jones, you know, the Daniel Jones that we're going to get? I know they haven't picked up his his fifth year option, so he's he's playing for his job this year essentially here or or somewhere else. What's your thoughts on that game? Yeah, uh, again, 
purely, I think the Giants went about their preseason in a very intelligent manner, and they have a lot of the starters play a lot of snaps, and I think that showed. Um, I think they're still rubbish. If I'm perfectly honest with you, Barkley was excellent. There was a lot of um, there's a lot of good talk about him as well pre the game. You know how he, you know from training they felt he was back to where he had been previously, and he felt he had a point to prove. And it wasn't just him coming out and saying these things. A lot of other people coming out and saying these things, which is always nice to hear. And I think you're always a little bit sceptical until you see the the output. But, you know, the output is they've gone and beat the Titans. Um, I think, you know, these first couple of games are probably quite, quite crucial in the sense of, you know, if they're going to pick up wins, then, you know, while they're a bit more ready than everyone else, now's a good opportunity regardless of the side. Um, but then again, if... If they're going to do badly, which I think overall they will, how many games do they want to pick up in terms of wins? Because, you know, in terms of draft pick and draft capital. But Dan Jones was fine. You know, point to make on him. Again, then it's used in 21 times because Barkley ran the ball so well. But it could be a productive partnership. Not enough. I think Dan Jones is a superstar or going to become a superstar because he isn't. But, you know, 17 from 21 completions, uh, you can't, you know, alongside 164 yards from a running back, it's a good effort. You know, it's a team game. Uh, you know, Jones isn't superb, but it's this works well. It could work again. Got it done. Yeah, absolutely. Just very quickly on the Titans, uh, I think the obvious one for me was the, the giant gaping uh, AJ Brown-sized hole in the offence. Uh, Derek Henry, is it just the the start of the season hasn't played obviously any snaps pre-season rust or is he an aging running back who is getting close to a cliff edge and is going to fall off it what do you think uh, I'll go pre-season rust because I think you look at his production in the first half of that season last year he was genuinely excellent they even let him throw the ball a couple of times like yeah. I think to write him off after one game would be really unfair I mean he is aging he's come back from a you know injury as well um, I, I came back at the end of last year, but I mean, really and truly, you know, it's came back a bit early. I think from his, you saw his performances at the back end of last year weren't fantastic. Um, so give him a few weeks up, but I think he'll be fine. Yeah, awesome. Right, any particular game that you wanna you wanna have a run through? No, not massively. Um, Cowboys were very disappointing. Yeah, which was interesting. I thought it'd be a better game than what it was, but no, otherwise. Uh, Otherwise, I'm good. Yeah, good. No problem. I think we'll touch on just before we uh, we move on. We'll we'll just rattle through a couple of them. Uh, obviously, we mentioned uh, the head coach who can't call a timeout. Uh, the Denver Seattle game. Uh, I was actually watching the Manning cast on that, which was which yeah, is yeah, quite yeah. interesting. And I want to talk about that more than the game because Peyton Manning sat there and he's he's calling timeout about 362 oh, times yes. in that final. It's absolutely hilarious. Um. So yeah, no, Russell Wilson obviously uh, had a had a decent enough game. Well, decent enough game. Had a good game. Three hundred and forty yards, one touchdown. Uh, Super Geno Smith producing the goods and and getting the uh, the Seahawks over the line. Pete so, Carroll would have been up late that night sipping on some vino, <laughs> thinking about Geno, wouldn't he? It was uh, fan- <laughs> what a what a shock. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in our predictions, I'm pretty sure all of us across the board, including our guest fan uh, Lewis last week, all went for the uh, the Broncos in that one. So, so we got we got shown up on that one. Uh, the Chiefs, I just thought were absolutely awesome against the Cardinals. Mm. Patrick Mahomes, 360 yards, five touchdowns. He was throwing it to everybody, which was nice to see. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, they, they were very, very good, weren't they? Um, the Chiefs and. It's interesting. What we saw as well um, was obviously with Butker out, obviously the, the kicking duties got moved around. Now, there's some really interesting footage about how together the Chiefs are. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter. It's only about a minute and a half long um, about when uh, when Butker got injured and how they all pulled together and how they supported the you know the backup kickers. Well, I say backup kickers. You know, you had a, a guard kicking, didn't you, I think, for a bit. Um but yeah, like you know, the, the whole togetherness and even Mahomes getting involved and back, you know, it was a real team thing. It was only ninety seconds of footage, which just show it gives you an insight into how the Chiefs work as an organization, which I thought was fascinating. It was well worth a watch. And yeah, they were excellent. You know, Mahomes throwing the ball around. Did they look like they missed uh, Tyreek Hill? No, they didn't. To be honest with you, um, they they will do at some points because you know they're a good. You know, he's an excellent wide receiver. But Mahomes was back to his best. You know, there was. Um, 
yeah, good production, excellent work. Uh, Cardinals, don't quite know what to make of that from a Cardinals perspective. Defensively poor, but then you're up against Mahomes, so you can't really be too down. I, I think the one thing I took away from that is they were trying to blitz him all night long, and it's mm. like, what are you doing? It's Patrick Mahomes, and he, he, he obviously took advantage and, and as we say, moved the ball about really well and, and picked them apart, basically. I think to be uh, fair, the blitz, just what I'll say on that, in years gone by, the Chiefs O-line's been horrendous and teams that do well against the Chiefs blitz because the O-line has no protection from Mahomes. And no matter how quick Mahomes is, I think the Cleveland Browns did it well, uh, not last year, the year before in the playoffs, and they, they should have won the game and they got to Mahomes. Miami Dolphins did it well that year as well for two quarters and inexplicably stopped and lost the game because they were winning um the game that year as well and then uh, Tampa Bay sort of took that to an extra level in the Super Bowl and Mahomes was running for his life but I think that you know the Chiefs have had time to sort that issue now and like you quite rightly say you can't just run around blitzing Mahomes because the problem's never Mahomes against the blitz it was the O-line exactly uh right okay uh Philadelphia at Detroit unbelievable uh, debut game for AJ Brown um it was absolutely fantastic uh, not really say a great deal about that. Detroit played quite well as well. Um, good comeback from uh, from Goff and company. Uh, obviously, just couldn't get it, couldn't couldn't get it over the line. Anything in particular in that game that stood out for you? Yeah, two things that were quite interesting. So obviously, Goff started horrifically, and he came back really, really well. And you know, he's getting a lot of abuse on Twitter for the performance he put in in that first two quarters. But he did come back really well. And I think the Lions always show a lot of fight. You know, with Dan Campbell team, they're always going to do that. Those who've watched Hard Knocks will know that. Um, the, the one thing I'm just interested in pointing out, and someone sent this to me today about the Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Carla Murray's first 20 games in the, uh, or 20, 20 starts, sorry, in the NFL. Um, and Hurts compares, you know, compares to both of them and actually um, is probably better than Murray's first 20 starts. Just to give a bit of a snapshot on this. So, um, average pass yards per attempt, 7.2 yards. Burrow beats 7.4, but Murray at 6.8. Uh, big pass plays. Hurts has had 60 in his first 20 starts. Burrow only had 57, Murray 56. Total yards per game at 272, matches Murray four yards short of Burrow. Total touchdowns, 35 matches, Murray, slightly short of Burrow. And turnovers, only 16 compared to Burrow's 21 and Murray's 20. And Hurts, I don't think, gets the credit he deserves um, for how he started in the NFL. And I know it's been a bit stop-start because he started the back end of the year before and got a year last year, which didn't start well, but not because of him. Um, but I think he deserves a little bit more credit than what he gets. Definitely, yeah. I really like uh, I really like Jalen Hurts. Um, and I think he's got, uh, you know, in AJ Brown, he's got that, that you know, that alpha wide wide receiver one. Um, hopefully, going to see more from Devonta Smith. Obviously, that you know, you're hoping that's going to free him up and, and allow him to produce really well moving forward as well. It's going to be interesting to see uh, see how they use those two guys and, and sort of the target share moving forward. So that's definitely going to be uh, going to be a one to look out for. We'll briefly touch on Baltimore Jets. I don't really want to talk about it too much. <laughs> uh, you know, one of them ones where I'm sitting watching it and I'm thinking I could be watching Game Pass. I could be watching uh, Red Zone. I could be watching any other game. Why am I sitting here watching this absolute garbage and Joe Flacco get the living daylights beaten out of him and all the rest of it? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just going to say the one thing I'm going to take away from it is Joe Flacco threw the ball 59 times. Yes, I know, obviously, they were behind in the game. In-game script goes, goes, you know, towards throwing the ball more. But this offense is a run-first offense. Mm. You know, it, it's it's predicated on play action. And to have him stood there like a statue, he can't move anywhere, chucking the ball 59 times, it just didn't, it didn't instill any confidence in me whatsoever. Um, I think our, our offensive play calling has been up and down. You know, um, Lefleur had some great, you know, great design plays last year. In some games, other games, he didn't look like didn't look like he knew what he was doing. So I don't know. Moving forward, I think they've got a lot to answer for. They've got the offensive weapons. You know, they they, they always seem to be be deemed as is the team that you know win the draft. We the Jets win the off season. 
and then week one comes around and it's it's the same the narrative of the same old Jets. You've got Robert Sala, the head coach, spouting absolute bullshit that they're taking they're taking receipts of, of all these people who dealt them. Jets fans have been waiting for so long just to be competitive. For you to get absolutely blown away by Baltimore on the you know the first game of the season. You you're not expected to win, but you're expecting a little bit more competitiveness than you know than we've shown. Have you got anything to say on that whatsoever that's not going to make us cry. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you, Jamie. I think you've got these two really talented running backs in Michael Carter and Hall, and you're not, why not use them? Like, you're going to roll with Zach Wilson, I think, which is apparent because we would have picked Mike White otherwise. And I think Mike White might have created a headache because he, he can put in these really big performances and he can have these horrific yeah. ones as well. But you compare that with Wilson last year who didn't really have a really big performance and actually Mike White had two or three good game, really good games. And then even Johnson came in and had a good game with that offence. Um, but the point I'm making, I guess, really, is what are you going to get out of Flacco throwing the ball 59 times? Nothing. You might as well just give snaps to the running backs and say, look, go have a go. You know, <laughs> We're going to roll with Wilson, so it doesn't really matter what Flacco's production's like because the Ravens are a really good side. I think, realistically, you weren't going to win the game anyway. That's not a slight on the Jets, but you might as well try and find something out. And you didn't. It was weird. Definitely. I mean... Uh... First half, uh, the defense showed flashes. Um, you know, there was, there was a couple of couple of decent things on uh, on the defensive side of the ball early on. I'll say, um, you, you know, they did did stop. Uh, you know, did stop Lamar moving the ball how he would like. Did stop the run quite a bit. Um, you got the interception from DJ Reed late on, which was a nice little catch. Obviously, game's completely gone by then. But uh, yeah, defense, like I say, looked all right. At times, but we need some, you know, we need some sort of result. We can't keep getting these sound bites from the head coach saying, you know, it's coming, it's coming, and all the rest of it. The need there needs to be some sort of performance, and I don't think having statue Joe Flacco sitting there, uh, you know, waiting for Miles Garrett to come and smash into smithereens in week two against the Browns is gonna gonna do us any favors. So yeah, let's let's just. Uh, Move on from that one and say, I'm, I'm not going to touch on Baltimore. They're going to be absolutely fine. They've got nothing to worry about. When's that? Uh, a, they say four weeks. So, yeah, four weeks. We'll see We'll see how that goes. I mean, he started throwing again uh, in practice this week. So we'll we'll obviously see how, how that goes. But you start to have concerns already about his durability. You know, he's he hasn't obviously... He's going to have missed quite a considerable amount of time in his in his first two seasons, and he needs a long stretch of games with this offense. Get comfortable so we can evaluate him and actually, you know, see what we've got there. Because I do agree with what you were saying. You put Mike White in against the uh, the Bengals last year, and he was he was awesome. Let, let's let's be honest, he was he was mm-hmm. unbelievable. <laughs> um, but no, other than the, I would say the the game against the Titans. Zach Wilson looked decent in that game. Um, he needs to obviously produce him, and he's got all the weapons there now. And, and there's no excuses really. I think they've, uh, well, I say they've showed up the offensive line. We've obviously got uh, got our own injury problems there as well. But he's, uh, lot, he's rumored to put a lot of muscle on, hasn't he? Zach Wilson this year. The whole point of his off season was to be more durable and put on a load of muscle. And he's injured. Yeah, and I, I think uh, it, it does look bulkier. To be fair, he does look at you know. A, and like he's put a decent amount of amount of muscle on, but the way he got injured, I don't know if you saw it. You probably don't no, pay attention to our price again. Basically, there's, there's nothing play. He's got nothing on. He picks it up and scrambles with it. And instead of stepping out of bounds or, or sliding, he tries to juke in inside, step a defender, and go for the first down. And obviously, does whatever he does with his knees. Foot gets caught, goes the wrong way, and and you're just thinking, what in your head is making you do that? Week one of the preseason, like there's absolutely no need to put yourself at risk. And he's missed the first four weeks of the season and, and the rest of the preseason because of a, a stupid decision trying to stretch for a first down in a meaningless game. So when he does get back and he does get healthy, he needs to protect himself more as well and, you know, start to act like, a, you know, like an NFL quarterback and stop messing about and, and making some, you know, suspect decisions. So before I go off on a rant, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was enjoying that. Uh, uh, very briefly, right. Uh, New Orleans, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta again capitulating and uh, falling to bits. Sorry, Rob. Any quick thoughts on that, apart from Michael Thomas coming back and, and looking pretty good? 
I, I really enjoyed Rob's tweets on that game, if I'm honest with you. Broke, broke away from his holiday to say, can't believe I'm missing the Falcons, thrashing the Saints, don't mess it up. And then 17 points in the fourth quarter later. And uh, yeah, that's, well, that's my big takeaway from the game. Mariota was okay as well. Um, he's, yeah, he looks good rushing, doesn't he? Um, didn't throw a touchdown. Is that a concern? Possibly. Um but you know, there's some players. Drake London started well. Um, yes. So you know, look, I think it's definitely shoots there from a roster that isn't very good in general. Um, so I'd be interested to see what they do with the quarterback situation. Whether it really gets a go later in the year. Um, it's an experimental season for the Falcons. They roster just has got worse and worse over the last few years, and uh, they've collapsed against the Saints. And I think that could really set them back sort of mentally as well. From honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, big thing that stood out for me was the the Mariota fumble when they were they were well up on. I think it was the, mm-hmm. the ten or twelve yard. It doesn't fumble that, and you know they got the potential to put the game away. But it is what it is. We'll uh, we'll move on. We'll touch very briefly on Jacksonville, Washington. Uh, Trevor Lawrence thrown for two hundred and seventy five yards, an exceptional touchdown. Versus Carson Wentz, who. His stat line looks good, but if you watch the game, it certainly wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't a convincing performance as it looks on paper. What's your thoughts on, uh, on specifically Wentz in the uh, the Washington Commanders? Wentz is really interesting, isn't he? I think the whole idea of his move last year was to work with his previous offensive coordinator, who thinks he thought he could get him throwing right, and then dumps him after a year. So, I mean. I don't know what's wrong with Wentz because he does actually look quite good at other times as well. And I thought there were times last year he looked good. I think in high-pressure situations, he really struggled. Started very badly um, against the Jags. Uh, well, I say started very badly. Obviously, two touchdowns, I guess. But, you know, he gave the ball away, um, didn't look after it. He's got a couple of yeah, he's got a really good running back in Antonio or you know, Gibson there. He's got um Terry McLaurin as well, wide receiver, Curtis Samuel. There's some really good weapons. Jahan Dotson, what a debut for him, two two touchdowns. Um I think the jury's out on Wentz. He's very up and down in that game. I th- I don't, it's a make or break year for him for me if he's gonna be an NFL starter going forward, which is strange because he was you know he's <laughs> One of the brightest young quarterbacks in his in his first couple of years is I don't know it's, I don't I don't get what's going on with him if I'm honest. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. He's definitely got some uh, you know some some decent offensive weapons there that he's got everything he needs to produce and he should uh, if he can't do it in that offense then he's he's going to struggle um, you know moving forward and you've you've got to think is is there a place for him somewhere. Um, as a starter in this league, if he's if he's not going to perform, I know it sounds odd saying that after they've won and mm-hmm. he's thrown four touchdowns, but let's say all of last year didn't convince us that that he's he can be a starter, you know, productively moving forward and get a team anywhere other than than mediocrity. But it'll be interesting to see how how he does in that offense. What do you forward. think of Lawrence for the Jags? It's very. I don't know. It's just not the the. I don't want to say the whole the whole generational talent shout that everyone was was coming out with, but I'm just not sure. I think a lot of it last year was put on the you know the the situation that he found himself in. But you've got Doug Peterson there now, who by all accounts is you know supposed to be good for him, and he's you know he's supposed to be going to be able to thrive in that offense. I know they went and spent. You know, decent, decent, huge amount of money huge for the uh, yeah. Yeah. Huge amount of money for that. So, uh, I honestly don't know. Has he got a you know a tremendously good supporting cast? I'm still not convinced that he's got got you know what he needs. The running back room obviously looks decent with mm-hmm. Robinson and uh, you know Travis Etienne. If he uh, if he comes back and he's you know he's who they thought he was going to be. But I'm I'm not sure I, I'm not sure moving forward how he's how he's going to do. Yeah, I'm not sold. I think he doesn't strike me as a massive leader as well. You see again, you're going back to social media and the snippets you see of him on there, he seems very quiet individual for a leader. You can have quite leaders, quite strong leaders, obviously you can. But 
you know, he's trying to fire the team up before they go out on Sunday. I don't know if you've seen the clip, but it's all very calm and quiet. And yeah. there's a man who's got excitement all over his face and his voice comes out really soft and gentle. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's sort of, these are little things and I guess they matter a lot less than performance. But there's nothing that's grabbing me about Lawrence at the moment. Definitely not. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see how he how he moves on. But again, I think it's a huge season for him. All of the, all of the quarterbacks in that class, it's it's not make or break time, but it's definitely let's let's see what we've got and and you know show some flashes that you're now a, you know you're now a, an NFL quarterback and you you can carry your franchise forward. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how all of the guys in that class fare. Uh, we'll move on and briefly talk about the. Uh, I'm going to foxtrot them up revenge game between uh, Carolina and Cleveland. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, he, he, he certainly didn't foxtrot them up. Uh, 235 yards, one at the reception, one touchdown, and they didn't win the game. So, obviously, it goes down to the, uh, the kick at the end again. But, um, yeah, any thoughts on that in particular? Yeah... I felt I felt for Baker Mayfield because there's a lot of stuff going on outside that game. Deshaun Watson's agent was constantly tweeting and berating Mayfield throughout the game, which I don't understand. Obviously, Mayfield wouldn't have seen that during the game, but you know he's coming from a place of absolute scorn to come and do stuff. Like that. I thought it was horrific. Uh, CMC's production wasn't good. Um, yes, he got a touchdown, and he's coming back from a long injury. Yeah, they've only actually gone to use him ten times as well, which um, you know. I don't know how best to use him because he's clearly extremely talented and you're probably, if fully fit, the best running back in the NFL. And we all get this. But, you know, do you wrap him in cotton wool? Because people forget the Panthers went 3-0 and last year. As soon as he was broken, they, they lost games. Um, so, I, I, this May, Mayfield is... Yeah, Mayfield... Mayfield's fine. I like Mayfield as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I have. I think he played for played for a horrific injury. Well, not horrific. He played for a very bad injury last year. You know, it was a torn peck on his non-throwing arm, which is difficult. You know, anyone who's tried to throw anything in their life would appreciate how you know peck injuries would affect that. And he doesn't get enough credit for that. He was treated horrifically. I think he'll be fine in general. I think from a Panthers point of view, they need CMC fine. Robbie Anderson was good. Uh, DJ Moore was good. Ian Thomas was good. So there's a lot of weapons there. A fire in CMC. Panthers could do all right. From a Browns perspective, Jacoby Brissett wasn't very good, in all honesty. Um, I don't think he's popular with with Watson either, from what I can gather and what I read. I don't think Watson's popular with anyone. Um, so I don't think that'll bother Brissett too much, will it? Um, Nick Chubb is excellent. Really, really good. You know, much better than... Well, he's a great, good running back, but much better than what I thought he'd be um, the other night. Kareem Hunter, excellent. RB2 as well. So there's a lot to like about this Browns roster bar, the quarterback and the decisions they made to bring him in, bring him in, I think, really. So, you know, I think we'll, I won't hark too much on that, even though I keep coming back to it. Um, yeah. But I think both teams will be fine. It'll be really interesting to see where they end up. Because... Um, I feel like the Panthers could go and surprise people this year if you can get the CMC right, then I think you've got some good parts. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll, I'll very briefly touch on on CMC and the Panthers. I think it could be could be a bit of like you say wrapping them up a bit and trying to ease them in gently. Obviously, we go back to to preseason. People not playing snaps. Obviously, you can play any any snaps in the preseason. So you you know you're potentially easing them back in gently. And like you say, with with him on the field, they're a completely different team. They went had that stretch with Sam Darnold at quarterback last year, and he was just you know he's an easy option to uh, you know from to dump the ball off. And, and Sam Darnold looked really productive in that offense when he was playing with CMC. Um, so again, I'm, I'm not going to go and, and sort of start bashing Sam Darnold, but you know he he, he made him look look productive. And, and obviously they went on that three game stretch where they, they won those games last year. Um, the Browns, yeah, you've said pretty much all that needs to be said. Uh, they've got a decent roster, you know, really, really good running back room. Uh, we've already already touched on, you know, Miles Garrett going to be flying about all season and uh, and wreaking all sorts of havoc. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, how they go and are they going to be in the mix week twelve when he who shall not be named comes back into the offense and uh, against the Texans. How he, yeah, against the Texans. You can't tell me that wasn't manufactured. It sounds like it was, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so it, we'll, we'll see how, obviously, they get on. 
Uh, moving on, we'll go to the Chargers against the Raiders. I really enjoyed watching this game. Um, finished 24-19. Derek Carr was absolutely obliterated, sacked five times, I believe he was. Mm-hmm. Um Three interceptions, 285 yards, two touchdowns. Justin Herbert, 279 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, really good game. Uh, the Chargers defense had a day. Khalil Mack was obviously unbelievable on his uh, on his debut with his three sacks. Uh, Derwin James with a sack, and then we had Drew Tranquil with an awesome interception. Looked really, you know, it was a really, really good catch here for the uh, the interception there. Um, and I know there was there was comments. From the Chargers, I forget who it was last year who was talking about they know how to put pressure on Derek Carr and they know how to get him flapping and and you know you know getting the sacks and being able to uh, to put him under pressure. But uh, it definitely looked that way that you know the the pass rush was really good, worked really well, um, and we did see flashes. Obviously, Devante Adams went for 141 yards and a touchdown. Um, but there was obviously a lot of pressure put on him, and I think uh, the the charges are definitely in for a, for a good season. What's your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, I'll be really honest up front, Jamie. So those 6pm games before that game, like the best night out you've ever had. And you come to a point you're going to end that night out and everyone's like, come on, we'll go, we'll go on. And you regret going on. <laughs> and I really tried watching those 920 games and I watched them, but I didn't watch them because I felt yeah. like, I, had a, I felt like I had a hangover from the 6pm games. <laughs> That's how good they were. Um, but look, there's positives for the Raiders. You mentioned quite rightly um, how good the Chargers were in making Derek Carr flap. I like Derek Carr. I've been really public about that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Derek Carr. And there were positives for the Raiders. You know, look at Devontae Adams, excellent production, 141 yards from 10 receptions. Darren Waller, good again. Hunter Renfro, seven yards of completion, came with three completions. Brandon Bolden, I like Brandon Bolden. I think they've got a really good, um, you know, Really good acquisition him. He's not going to be fantastic. He's not going to put up big numbers week in, week out. Um, but, you know, alongside Josh Jacobs, Matt Hollins, you know, they've got some really, really good weapons. I think they're going to be really exciting. The Chargers have taken it to another level, though, defensively. Um, this year, they've, they've offensively looked good for a little while now, um, and they'll continue to do so. But I think, you know, they've tightened up defensively. You know, some good pieces in there. Joe Bosa, Carl Van Noy. Very experienced, obviously, Patriots, Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, there's some alongside Khalil Mack, you know, Owen James, you can make a you know a lot of arguments for that defense. And the Chargers, you're a real shot at this um, at this conference this year for me. Definitely, yeah, massively high on the on the Chargers. You've still got JC Jackson to come into the mix as well when he's helping. Yeah, of course, uh, yeah. Just another one to add to, uh, to list of names there. Um, we'll move on to the Packers, uh, Minnesota. I enjoyed that game. Um, obviously, Justin Jefferson went off 184 yards, two touchdowns. Looked awesome. Um, anything particular on that that stood out for you? This is going to be a carbon copy of last season. The Packers lose the first game. The only yeah. difference you had this year was Rodgers wasn't kicking off all post uh pre-season this year he committed to the Packers early on which is a, a treat for him and it ruins the rest of our sort of one like drama over the over the pre-season I guess with Rodgers but you know Rodgers will come out week two be tons better come and speak in Spanish exactly like he has done the last few years when the Packers lost the first game charm the fans and all of a sudden he's a great guy again when he, he's not he's just a bit of a child who's a very talented quarterback um <laughs> so you know, the Packers will be absolutely fine again. This is a cut, you know, don't take snaps in preseason. You get this sort of production from an offense. And this is exactly what you've got, you know, fair play to the Vikings. The Vikings have some great pieces um, and I like them. They're exciting to watch at times as well. I, I like Kirk Cousins. He has spells where he's an elite quarterback and spells where he's not very good. Um, so I really enjoy it when the Vikings go and win games, particularly against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, definitely. It was uh was certainly a you know a good one to watch. We very briefly touched on uh, the Tampa Bay Dallas game, so we'll just have a, a a quick you know minute or so on that. Uh, obviously, the injury to Dak's not going to uh, you know going to cause them all sorts of problems. But then again, I don't think they were particularly good before his injury. And mm-hmm. um, offense, it, are they going to struggle? I know they obviously see C D Lamb as this you know this wide receiver one 
is he going to struggle to carry carry that offense? I'm obviously talking when that gets back. You know, Cooper Rush isn't going to do anything exciting for the uh, for the time that he's going to be in there. But is is CD Lamb good enough to be that alpha wide receiver one? And is he going to be good enough to, to carry that offense? And, there's tons of pressure on him. There's absolute ton of pressure. So you've got obviously Dalton Schultz at tight end. I think a, he's good, but he's not going to take a load of, a load off CD Lamb. What would help yeah. CD Lamb and make CD Lamb more productive is Ezekiel Elliott playing well. And you know, time and time again, he's told us he's the best running back. We've been told he's the best running back in the league. Um, he hasn't really put up great numbers for a, for year. I think it was the second most productive two years ago. In fairness, in terms of yards, but there's no standout performances from him. And actually his output is going to be vital to C.D. Lamb's season. So I think C.D. Lamb's good enough if you've got a running back who's good enough to take heat off him. Um, but at the moment, you know, with Dak as well, I guess Dak needs to be firing. If all these pieces are firing, C.D. Lamb will be. If they're not, then, you know, he'll do fine, but it won't do particularly well, I think. Yeah, brilliant. And, uh, very briefly on the books, how far can you see them going this season? Uh, are we going to upset Dan and, and try and stir the apple card a bit, or what? How are we, how are we going with this? <laughs> uh, I I think they'll be. I mean, obviously, I my real feel is that Tom Brady wouldn't come back if he didn't feel he couldn't win another Super Bowl, and he probably realised he didn't like his family as well, maybe along the way, because three weeks of them and he's back having three hundred pound guys sort of smashing into him every Sunday. So um, it's one of those two things. But, you know, being honest, Leonard Fournette was really, really good. I know Dan's spoken about him on the pod uh, in the postseason, preseason, and said he thinks he can be a top five running back. Good production from him. And Brady's always been better with a good running back alongside him. Um, You look at his Patriots days and, you know, Leonard Fournette continues to grow and grow. You know, they've got some really good options. I was interested to see Julio Jones, three big receptions on um you know against the cowboys as well and you know there's a, i mean he's not going to get on the you know he's not going to be on the park for for 17 18 weeks obviously but if they can get you know 69 yards out of him three receptions a game i think they take that um you know with the other pieces they've got so i think they can go to the super bowl again it was a tidy performance i think you know you don't really see brady come good probably till the last half of the season i think you look at when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. They they were struggling to make the playoffs for large parts of that year. So um, the more wins they pick up with this, and the better they'll be placed, you know, in this conference later down the line. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. And uh, like I say, with all the big um, the big money moves and the wide receiver market over the summer, I still stand by the Chris Godwin contract that he signed. You know, they've got a bit of a, a bit of a steal there in my eyes. I know he's obviously coming off his injury, and um, you know, there's there's concerns there, but I think that was a, that was a great acquisition. So obviously, if they can get him fit and healthy alongside Mike Evans, they've got you know a formidable duo at wide receiver there as well. Uh, right. So I think that pretty much rounds up week one. What we'll do is we'll have a quick run through of the games to come up. Not not a preview as such. We haven't got a, a great amount of time, but we'll, we'll go through get some predictions from uh, from yourself. I'll run my predictions and we'll get the predictions from, from the two other guys and we'll, we'll post them out on Twitter <laughs> um, before, hopefully before kickoff tonight. But uh, we'll start with that game tonight, the Chargers Chiefs. I'm stopping up for this one. It's a school night. I'm at work tomorrow, but I couldn't give a monkeys. I'm, I'm stopping up to see this and I'm expecting absolute fireworks. Who are you going for with this one? I'm torn. I'm very torn because... I th- we talked about how I think the Chiefs O-line's improved, but I think if a defence is going to hurt Mahomes, and you know, if I was to see the Chargers go after him with the blitz, I'd be curious to see how that works, and actually how can this O-line stand up to that test, and they really have got the pieces to go and do it. Um, that's That said, the Chiefs have got a load of options offensively as well. You know, it's not... Uh, my go, I'm going to go with gut feel. It really is gut feel, go Chiefs. Awesome. I'm going to go Chiefs. Um, really enjoy what, what they did, you know, the points they put up on offense. You, you kind of ignore that. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, I think the line is something stupid like 55 and a half points or something. It's a huge number. I can't remember the, the exact number, but it's, it's in that sort of ballpark. Um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but I can see the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs edge in it for me. I'm going to throw something just wild uh, out there, just very quickly, if it's all right. And I feel like, yes, it should be a high-scoring game. Everything points to a high-scoring game. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers totally, not totally shut out Mahomes, but kept the Chiefs to under 16 points, 15, 16 points tonight, just purely because of the power they have in their defence. And this is a real test for the Chiefs O-line that hasn't been good previously. So, yes, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, probably 70%, but 30% of me thinks maybe, just maybe, the Chargers will just just shut down the Chiefs offensively. Spicy. So if you've got a couple of quids sitting down on the couch, have a little a little flutter on that one. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll move on to uh, the six o'clock games. So we'll, we'll rattle through them. Let's say a quick one line on, on some of them. Uh, Commanders Lions. I, I went for the Lions purely because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the on the bandwagon following Hard Knocks. I absolutely love the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, want to see them pick up a couple of wins. So I'm, I'm going to go for them uh, winning at home. Uh, against the Commanders. What about yourself? I'm going to go Commanders. I'm going to back Wentz to come good. I think there's so many weapons in that offence. I love the Lions. Everyone loves the Lions. Everyone loves Dan Campbell. And they didn't think they would love Dan Campbell. But um, I'm going to go Commanders. Yeah, awesome. Uh, next one. I don't need to probably guess who you're going to pick in this one. But Patriots, Steelers. Uh, I've went Steelers purely because I don't like the Patriots. And it's the result I want to see happen. So I'm going to manifest it. Uh, into existence, the Steelers are going to win. You guys are going to be scratching your heads at how Mitch Trubisky has managed to outscore you guys. What's your thoughts? I think it's going to be an organisational snore fest because of the two head coaches. <laughs> <Yeah>. However, <laughs> I do think Belichick, Belichick will get that defence shutting down Mitch Trubisky, and I think the Patriots will narrowly win. Well, I say narrowly, we might win. You know, we might score twenty-one points, and uh, the. Steelers will end up somewhere between 7 and 15. 13-10 win and some stupid layer. It'll, it'll be a dreadful game. <laughs> right, okay. So we're going Perius on that one. Uh, we'll go to the Giants. Panthers at Giants. I've gone for the Panthers. Uh, I like what they've got. I like CMC. Baker Mayfield we touched on. Giants of the Giants. Yes, they won uh, week one, but I've gone for the Panthers. How about you? Week four, I would definitely go Panthers. I'm tossing and turning. I'm going to go, I'm still going to go Panthers, actually. Yeah, just about. Just about. Awesome. Right. Jets, Browns, uh, get this one out of the way. I've gone Browns. Uh, Miles Garrett's going to have a day. He's going to break through a dual flacco in two. Uh, tear off a new one and we'll move on expecting week three and then week four then we can see what we've got in Zach Wilson so yeah Cleveland Browns comfortably what about yourself? Yeah I mean the Browns comfortably I'm, I'm sorry uh, but yeah. no, maybe 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 they'll start Mike White week three and um, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been very kind and diplomatic I do like it I do appreciate it right uh uh, Colts at Jaguars. Uh, I've gone Colts. Uh, I think obviously, you know, they're, they're a really good offense. You got Michael Pittman, um, obviously Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan's going to get better in that offense. Uh, comfortable win for me against the Jags. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I totally agree. I think there's. I cannot see a world where the Jaguars win that game. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins at Ravens. I've got that being a really interesting game. I'm actually looking forward to watching this one being mm-hmm. on uh, on Game Pass later on because I'll be I'll be suffering through the, the Jets probably at the same kickoff time. But uh, I've got I've gone the Ravens. Um, I like what they saw what they saw against us. Obviously, I know the Miami Dolphins are in a better position on both sides of the ball. But uh, you know, I think Lamar's going to have a you know a progressively better better game than he did than he did against ourselves and uh, I think they're going to get the win but I do think it's going to be quite a close game Yeah, I think it'll be a close game I don't think the Dolphins ever score a lot of points um, 25 points, 30 points to their ceiling in general, I think with Tua at the moment, prove me wrong but you yeah. know there we go. Um, I think the Dolphins will win. I think their defense. I really, really like Dolphins' defense. You know, I'm not not shy in saying so, and I think that's why they they win as many games as they do. Um, and I think you know, obviously, it'd be realistic too. It doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He has got Hill now. He's got Gaziki, as we had before. Jalen Model. I think there's enough weapons to hurt Ravens at key points. I think the Miami defense will stand up strong to the Ravens' offense. Awesome. 
Bucks at Saints. Uh, I've gone Buccaneers for all the reasons we mentioned just just before. Uh, I think they're going to be be comfortable winners in this one. They're going to. I know they say rivalry games. You, you sort of throw everything out the window, and, and you know you can get any sort of result. But I still think they're going to have. You know they're going to be comfortable enough to beat the Saints, albeit it being in uh, in New Orleans. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to back the Brady Bunch on this one as well. I think again, I don't think the Saints are very good. I think the comeback. Uh, I like to go go gadget Taysom Hill. I forgot to say that earlier. I thought it was excellent. What yeah. he uh, what he thought huge as well. Isn't he really really big this year. Um, for, I don't know where he's found that weight without roids. But anyway, um, yeah, I do think the Bucks are going to be far too good for the Saints. I can't see a world where the Saints win that. But Brady is one and seven against the Saints since he's been at the Bucks. Um, yeah, and there's another horrific stat. I can't remember who else. He's 29 and three against the rest of the league. One and seven against the Saints, and there's another one as well, which is going to bug me. Uh, that's it. Uh, one and seven against oh Saints and Rams. One and seven. That's it. And then 29 and three against everyone else. But it'll beat the Saints right. this time. Definitely. Uh, Seahawks at 49ers. I've gone 49ers. Uh, I'm going to go. The result in Chicago was an outlier because of the weather. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have enough, and they're going to put enough points on the board to uh, to beat Gino and the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree. I think the 49ers will. Kittle, I think, is healthy as well this week, which, again, adds another dimension. There's plenty to go out offensively. Uh, it's a really good chance for Trey Lance to impress. Yeah. Uh, Falcons at Rams. I'll keep it short and sweet for Rob. Rams are going to beat them. I'm not going to predict the score, uh, anything like that, but I think they're going to be comfortable winners. Yeah, I think the Rams could put up 50 points. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Stick the knife in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Cardinals at, at Raiders. Uh, this is another one that I'm really looking forward to watching. I'm probably going to have this one on for the, uh, the 9.25 time slot. Um... I don't think Sky is showing this game for some stupid reason. Who, who are they showing on that time slot? I don't think Cowboys it's... Uh... It must be Cowboys-Bengals. If it's the Broncos-Texans, yeah. then I'm going to cry. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure it's not that game, so that'll be another one I'm going to fire up on Game Pass. I've gone with the Raiders. Um, because I've got this intrigue with Derek, Derek Carr, uh, very much similar to what you said yourself, I do like Derek Carr. Mm. Um and I think he's gonna, you know, he's he's gonna produce. He's gonna end up with some really good chemistry uh, with Devontae Adams once, you know, once they find themselves. And I say good chemistry. You know, see, you know, Adams had decent numbers this week. But yeah, I've gone for the, uh, I've gone for the Raiders. I think it's gonna be, a, you know, a relatively close game. But I think the Raiders are gonna have enough to uh, to win that one. I agree with you. I think the Raiders will. I think to me they're in probably slightly better shape than what the Cardinals are. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Raiders. Awesome. Uh, Texans at Broncos. Uh, went with the Broncos. I think they've got more in terms of being able to put points on the board. I know you like Davis Mills. Uh, we've already touched on Brandon Cooks being, you know, your, your thousand yards a season receiver. He's, he's got that, you know, that, that particular uh, offensive weapon there. But I see the Broncos being being comfortable winners in this one. Yeah, I agree. I can't see past the Broncos. Uh, Wilson elevates that team in spite of that. I can the result was probably another outlier. Um, as I think you mentioned earlier as well um, with the Seahawks. But um, yeah, I think uh, the Broncos will win this one. Yeah, Bengals Cowboys. Uh, I've gone Bengals. Um, Cooper Rush is not going to do anything to put a put up enough points to beat the Bengals. Joe Burrow could throw another five interceptions and they're still going to win that game. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, you know, again, it's a big, again, big chance for Ezekiel Elliott to put up, I guess, and uh, show everyone how good he is. Um, but yeah, realistically, Bengals, Bengals will win this one. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, some strange goings on in uh, in general world for them to be, you know, banging the drum for Ezekiel Elliott and he's he's this this superstar that they think he's going to be. Might be the bag of money that they give him. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Bears at Packers. I've gone. Packers are going to bounce back from uh, from week one, like you mentioned. They're uh, they're going to get going at some point, and I've got them comfortably beating the Bears. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's a real test for Justin Fields this week. I oh, did really well week one, actually. I thought, you know, the stats aren't superb, but actually take everything into account. No real errors, two touchdowns, really good week. This is a test for him this week. And can the O-line stand up to protect him against the Packers defense, which is pretty good. Um, I don't think probably regardless of what he does, I don't think he'll take them to a win. I don't think that's going to be on him. I just think you'll see a much better Rodgers this week. You'll see a much better Packers offense this week. Um, and the Packers will win. But I'm excited to see how Fields does, and I hope he does well. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Titans at Bills. I'll keep this one short and sweet. Bills are going to win. They're going to put up a shit ton of points, and they're going to be comfortable winners. Yeah, uh, no, I think the Bills... Um, I think the Bills will win. I think Titans might be okay, okay in the sense I don't know if it'll be Frashing, but I think Bills will win. Obviously, Bills are very, very good. Yeah. And uh, final game, we have Monday Night Football. It's Vikings at Eagles. I'm really looking forward to watching this mm. one. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Um, I've gone Eagles. I think they're going to have a have enough to uh, to beat the Vikings, but I definitely think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I th- I think this is really exciting because. For me, the Vikings have gone from being uh, an eight and eight team to an eight point five to eight point five team. They're just, you know, some weeks that I said earlier they're going to be so good, other weeks they're going to be so poor. What Vikings are you going to see? I think it's really interesting. It's a real test for the Eagles because, like I said, I do think the Vikings on their day are very good, um, and the Eagles are much fancied and they have improved and they evidently improved. The roster looks good. Um, the they had a lot of errors in them last week from defensively when the offense did well. You know. This is a really, really good game. It's difficult to call it. My gut says, thinking about it, no, my head actually, my gut was saying like, just go Eagles, go Eagles. My head's thinking Vikings because I just think it'd be interesting if the Eagles bounce back from the errors they made, fine, they should win. But I do think I'm going to go Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings. Oh, tasty. Right. Okay. Excellent. Well, that wraps up our uh, predictions for week two. As I mentioned, I'll get the, uh, the predictions from the other guys as well, and we'll, we'll post them out hopefully prior to kickoff tonight. Uh, been absolutely awesome having you back on, mate. Been really, really good. I've oh, really enjoyed uh, it. Really enjoyed it. Really appreciate it. So, yeah, thanks so much for coming on and, uh, you know, spared me that having to ramble to myself for an hour because <laughs> I don't think that would have went down too well. Um, yeah, anything else to add, mate, just before we wrap this one up? No, I really enjoyed it. Did we differ much on the predictions? Um, I think we had... Let's have a look. One, two, three. We had four difference, four differences. Uh, okay. uh, Vikings, Eagles, uh, the Patriots, Commanders, and Dolphins. Great. Well, that's good. I'm glad we created a bit of uh, dynamic there. That's good. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a difference there, so it's going to be interesting to see how it uh, how it pans out. But no, thanks again for uh, for joining us today. We absolutely love to have you on. Uh, you know, look, I'd love to have you on again as soon as possible. Mm. I'd like to say best of luck for the uh, the wonderful Patriots. <laughs> I hope you go. Uh, you know, you go into a pit of despair to do with your uh, your football team and. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in the pit of despair already, I guess. So I uh, might see you down there. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, thank you very much for coming on, mate, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. And we'll uh, we'll see you again next week. No, cheers, Jamie. Cheers, man. <laughs>